You're tuned in to Freedom Through Faith. Yes, Shalom Aleichem. Okay, Shalom Aleichem. Hi. Hi, all right, so we're, we're, we're here. All right, so I have on the air the famous Rav Dror. Welcome, Rav Dror. Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Asher. Thank you so much for uh, right. calling and for bringing this uh, wonderful, great opportunity to a wider range of great holy souls to enjoy the light. One thing I can honestly say that I admire about you, and, and I think anyone that watches your videos feels the same, is that I can really know that you care. That no matter what the halakha may be, no matter what level the person you're, you're speaking to is, you genuinely, you genuinely want to help them. Okay? And it shows. And how... You're never quick to judge on how you're always ready to give people an answer that is, is, is almost custom-tailored to them to help them out in that moment. So Chazal had this concept that if someone could get by by breaking one Shabbat, that this in some way would be tolerable if this would encourage them to keep more Shabbats in the future. So I think this is an approach that is missing in the Kiruv or the modern day Musser movement of today. I think that. Can uh, you tell us? Uh -huh. Yes. I'm thinking about that point that there is something very, very unfortunate that is, um, that we're suffering from in our modern culture is that even big amount of the big rabbis and uh, big speakers on the Jewish world are not confident enough um, in their own connection to the truth and therefore they're trying to convince many many others in their truth instead for helping people to find their own inner truth on their own from within and on that many debates are coming because those ones that are not so sure in their own path and trying to convince people to justify their own agendas and ideas and path, um, they want to make everyone feel insecure and shake and shaken and not uh, and not stable. And for them, suddenly to find someone that is confident in his own truth and following uh, his heart and understanding things from within. It's uh, for them. <laughs> it's it's very suspicious. How can it be? <laughs> right. I think I know in some way who you're talking about in terms of people in some way doing things for selfish reasons, not necessarily interested in helping, genuinely helping other people. One thing I have to ask you is, why haven't you responded to the disgusting attacks that? these type of rabbis have thrown your way. I mean, I, they talk about the, the, the calmness of Hillel Hazakin, you know, how it was impossible to get him mad, right? And in some way, <laughs> uh, I wonder, I, why I, haven't you given a response? I, I can tell you, first of all, um, in the beginning, when when the arguments were still young and fresh and 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 seemed innocent, 
innocent so so i did respond personally i have recordings of conversation with one of those so-called rabbis that i uh, responded to his questions and i answered him in a very honorable way um, answers to the halakha based on sources and i was like really wasting a lot of time answering him to to his questions didn't realize back then that he's not even listening he's just uh, bashing and attacking me for for his own selfish reasons but um, after a while when things become really rough and they started to do even awful things to really um, sabotage relationships that I had with sincere innocent and honest students of mine and trying to cancel classes of mine in the US and trying to sabotage um, the great beautiful system of light and faith spreading of mine um, in the world, then I realized that really there is a contradiction here, there is an aspect of machloket, uh, that is not for heaven's sake. And then I asked myself, okay, so what should be my approach here, now, in this new reality that I finally realized that is um, attacking me. And then I remembered a very deep saying of Rabbi Nachman of Breslev that said that when people are trying to dig under you, means to fight with you, um, you need to become in the aspect of my spirit will be like earth to everyone means to be humble and to be quiet and not to fight back and then it is as if you are throwing earth into his digging he's trying to dig under you if you will try to dig against him you're just cutting the time of digging the tunnel in half you're helping him to reach out to you by digging towards him. So Rabbi Nachman said, you need to be humble as earth, as soil, as the ground. And by that, you're, he's digging and you're allowing him to keep on digging more and more and more. And you, you keep him busy. <laughs> Let him sweat. <laughs> Let him sweat. <laughs> I take a different approach. I would never insult anyone personally on any of my shows, but I do attack bad ideas, especially when I think they hurt people. And the worst thing I've, I've come to see are former students of his that once they realize that uh, what he's teaching is incorrect and it's ultimately just hatred, they don't only drop him, but they drop Torah completely. And they, they end up worse than when they first found him. And I don't know I, think, I don't know specifically on those situations. I'm not involved and I'm not aware, but definitely when you try to build a building on rotten foundations, the result definitely will be destructive. There is no way for a building to be built on mud. So um So my approach is that I don't think the Torah is there to make you good. I think the Torah is there to make you better. So if if you come to Torah Judaism with a bad attitude, uh, under the false pretenses, right, uh, trying just to make money, right, uh, I think a Torah lifestyle is just going to amplify that. But 
if you come sincerely searching for the truth, for decency, for kindness, uh, the Torah will amplify that as well. So this is why we need mentors in our lives. You know, but of course we have to search. Nothing comes easy. I encourage people, you know, I never tell people don't listen to him because Perhaps you can learn what not to do, but learn from many different teachers and see who is genuinely putting you on that right path, who's teaching you concepts that not just make your surroundings better, but make the world better. Not just who's telling you they're correct, because anyone could tell you that. But one sign of a cult is when they try to keep you in a specific bubble. One tactic that uh, this rabbi we're speaking about, one thing he does often is that he tells his students that if you stop watching my lectures, bad things will happen to you. This is the definition of a cult. uh, Definitely. Unfortunately, um, around eight or nine years ago, we as a family found the power um, to set ourselves free from a different kind of community that um, I also relate to them uh, those lines, um, character lines of a cult as well over there in a very ultra-orthodox community in Jerusalem um, we felt um, that the system was working as well in that way of terrorizing the students to be terrified and scared to live and over there everything was also um, under a horrible uh, structure of uh, of power and fear and terror to the students with um, very deep and so-called spiritual and so-called meaningful explanations on the purpose and the greatness of becoming part of this uh, of this group, bending uh, themselves under that uh, so-called chief rabbi of that community. So it's not rare, unfortunately, to find communities like those. It cost us many precious bloods uh, to leave that community. Um, but after we did that, gigantic change in our lives we set ourselves free from uh, from prison for very uh, from a very dark period of time so yes definitely i can uh, i can relate to what you say and i experienced it in a very um painful aspect in our own personal lives before yes on our lives as well wow wow now as a form of uh right is this, of course, I could chop this out, but you're talking about Rabbi Eliezer Berlin? No, no, no. First of all, definitely, I'm not mentioning names. This is one thing. Uh, and second, no, I'm not talking about him. I'm uh, talking about uh, someone else. I'm talking about someone that uh, was uh, my rabbi. I was never uh, a stu- I was never his student. Uh huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, that that leads me to uh, my next question: Is that what do you identify as and why? In what? the Jewish world. What do, what, do, what do I identify? Right, no, in terms of 
what group do you affiliate with the most? So, someone asked me, in Hebrew you say, to which stream you belong to. That's how you ask it in Hebrew. So I answered, we are swimming against the stream. <laughs> I must say that, uh, that um, I don't feel today that I belong to a specific uh, section in Judaism. For many years, um, I would define myself as a Breslev Hasid. I was flying with my family even to Uman every eve of Rosh Hashanah for many years. I think around 15 years we would go to Uman every Rosh Hashanah. Um, but we felt as well um, as part of our awakeness um, process that many of the guidings that we took many of the advice that we took upon ourselves were actually made based on fear and pressure and not out of goodwill and great and holy desire to commit ourselves to Hashem. And uh, we realized that we should not serve Hashem out of fear and out of pressure, just to strengthen and to build and stabilize our relationship with Hashem based on love and based of solid ground um, that is stable and healthy and, uh, and normal, sane for us to, to walk upon. So, um, Did you ever identify yourself as a Nanach? Um, no, I do believe definitely that uh, Rabbi Israel Dov Odesser was a very righteous man. I had a very uh, strong uh, dream slash vision um, on his greatness. I do believe in him as a true righteous man. I am not contradicting him, contradicting him in any way. I appreciate his work, his great work, and his followers are spreading huge amounts of light in the world in the form of the Breslev books that they are giving out almost for free. And even if it's for a low price, um, I think that they're doing a wonderful job in that aspect and I appreciate them for that as well. Um, but uh, no, I'm, uh, I am no one's uh, follower. I don't know what to say. I am, uh, I'm really dedicating my life to save lives of other people and I don't have much time today to go and run after uh, Rabbanim and Admorim. I, uh, I spent my time doing that. I was uh, blessed by many righteous people. I sat for many deep conversations with big rabbis and big righteous people. I went to see some big admorim in many uh, seudot and uh, shulchanot and, uh, and wonderful weekends and wonderful holidays. And I'm thankful for all those wonderful um, opportunities that I had to be blessed and to see holy faces and to listen and see wonderful um, customs and great uh, ways of Judaism performance. Um, but today I'm mainly, me and my family, mainly busy in expanding the light of Hashem, the light of truth in the world uh, through the outlets that have been given to us. We're more busy in doing our own job than to follow other people's job. Where did you grow up? I was born in uh, Yerushalayim. 44 years ago, 
and Baruch Hashem spent most of our lives in Yerushalayim. My wife as well was born in Yerushalayim and all our children born in Yerushalayim. And um, I think around what seven... What part of Yerushalayim did you grow up? Uh, different neighborhoods. We moved a lot. We lived in Rechavia, we lived in Bet Kerem, we lived in secular neighborhoods. I am a Baal Tshuva and therefore we did not live uh, in our childhood uh, uh, in any Orthodox neighborhoods. But when we did tshuva, my wife and I, we moved into Beit Israel neighborhood close to Mashaarim, and there we spent 12 years um, of our lives. And then we moved again to Rechavia. We lived another two years in Rechavia. I opened the center in Rechavia. Um, and from Rechavia, the Emuna Center in Rechavia, we started traveling to the U.S. and um, and we spent almost five years in the U.S. And then with COVID and with the other um, occasions and, and things that happened to us in our personal lives, we moved back to the Holy Land of Israel. And now we live in the north of Israel, enjoying, enjoying the, the beautiful sights and the graves of the tzaddikim here in the area. Mm-hmm. Were you ever affiliated with Rabbi uh, Arush? I uh, I was one of his students, but uh, but not anymore. Uh-huh. So what caused you to move back to Israel? Um, first of all, the main thing was uh, that our elder son decided that he wants to join the IDF, the army in Israel. And uh, separation from him, even in a physical way, was impossible for us. So after two months that he was in Israel preparing himself to the army, we were already deep into packing up everything and uh, and going uh, going uh, after him back to the Holy Land of Israel. In the same time, also was. Um, the first year of uh, of the COVID, and it was not easy for me to keep on going, actually impossible in the end of that period of time, to keep on giving lectures and classes and touring in the U.S. like we used to um, before. So we realized that to keep on giving video classes online and uh, through videos is something that we are able to do from the land of Israel as well. And... Um, and with those two main things, we took our suitcases, packed uh, our house, and uh, shipped it all back to Israel. So my organization uh, does something that's not common in the Jewish world today. Uh, we've been doing this for almost 20 years. We encourage people to consider becoming Jewish. Uh, people call this proselytizing. It's not like what the Christians do, uh, we don't tell people that if you don't become Jewish, you're not going to go to heaven. Or, uh, uh, but we let people know that if they're looking for an outlet for ethics and spirituality, perhaps they should consider becoming Jewish. How do you feel about Jewish proselytizing? Um, first of all, I... Um I have a certain understanding, um, a certain concept is very clear in my mind and maybe you can relate it 
um, to that, I think that um, you don't need to teach a thirsty person to look for water. I think that it's something very simple that happens in a natural way that a thirsty person is looking for water, that a hungry person is looking for food, and you will go to search for the source of food that will nurture you, that will feed you, that will revive you, that will satisfy you. You will not go to look after food that is dangerous for you, that is toxic for you. So I think that the majority of the people who are searching for Judaism are people that somewhere in their uh, chain in history are holding um, Israeli blood. They're holding a spirit of an Israeli soul. And the Ariya Kadosh wrote um, that said, not wrote, said that um, that the converts are already Jewish people, just that they need to go through a certain process of conversion. And I relate with that very much, and I think that definitely we should spread the light out to the world to allow as many people um, as possible to enjoy the light of our Torah that we believe in and that we know its greatness and its power. And we should offer it to everyone who wants to come closer to the truth and to Hashem. I don't know how much I would uh, recommend someone to convert um, as a person because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's not an easy life. It's not an easy mission. And um, I would recommend people, that's what I do as well, to seek for the truth. And I'm sure that people that will do that finally will find Judaism. They will finally find the Torah. Me, as a person, even though I was born Jewish, when I started my awakeness process, I was not looking not for Hashem, not for the Torah, and definitely not for the mitzvot. I was a secular person in my 20s, and I felt not so happy with myself, with my being, um, I was frustrated from life and I looked for answers. Why am I not happy? And I was very dedicated to that process of finding the truth, searching for it, and it took me to that place of finding Hashem, finding more about my Judaism, finding wisdom in the Torah. I think that the search for the truth brought me to the final truth of the Torah and Torah observant. Um, so again, well, I'm not I'm not contradicting it because I'm I'm not totally aware of of what you do or that method or that uh, vision and idea of yours. I'm 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 uh, like I said before. I'm I'm very focused on my own thing and doing it, and I'm not really aware of of your activity and exactly what and how you do everything. Um, and I do agree with inviting people to search and to enjoy Judaism and to see how sweet it is. Like the verse is saying, taste and you will see how good Hashem is. Um, but uh, it's not something that I would do as a person. I would go and ask people to find 
to give the opportunity for people to find the inner treasures of their own within them before I would tell them, look there is a great path that you should all walk in. I don't know, I, I would tell them, inside of you there is a great light, go find it. I think that you're already doing what I'm suggesting without even knowing it by teaching a proper understanding of Judaism. And when I say a proper understanding, I mean teaching Torah and Halacha properly. I don't think Kiddushim are necessarily important enough to, to write someone off over like many rabbis do, right? We're going to disagree on a, a, how we interpret certain things, but I... I think there's a big um, misinformation campaign uh, that we present towards the Gentile when they come looking for any type of information. So if you believe that people who come to Judaism are in some way neshamot, finding their way back, then you would also want the proper information to be given to them because most, most Gentiles don't even know you can convert. And in, if they're able to attain that information, they're typically, most of the time, coerced to remain no whites. So from a Kabbalistic perspective, and I'm not in any way Kabbalistically inclined, you would have someone with a Jewish neshama being kept out from coming back into the fold, right? Either way, you're keeping people, not you, people who try to encourage people to remain Noahides when they have a hunger for Torah are, are in some way putting a stumbling block. Leaf neighbor, they're keeping people from the truth when the person just wants to, I mean, not necessarily be Jewish, but he wants to know what God wants for humanity on definitely. the highest level. I would, I would like, definitely spread more light and I would definitely increase the distribution of... Uh, of Torah out to the world um, much more than many other speakers uh, slash rabbis today in the in the modern world. I definitely would not spare information from people who are searching for the truth um, unless there is a certain fear that they might use that wisdom uh, to damage. But as long as I would recognize those people as innocent truth seekers um, I would spread and I would uh, wash them with information as much as possible for them to enjoy light. Um, you know, the well, final... Exactly what you do. This is why I feel like you the, do it. The final like, redemption is, uh, is known especially for its um, completion, for the fact that it will gather all 70 nations together in the house of Hashem that will be called... Um, the house of prayer for all nations. So we see that definitely it is the purpose of our king uh, to bring in all the people. The Bnei Israel will be called Mamlechet Kohanim Vegoi Kadosh, a nation of servants and holy nation in that time. Means that all the people of Israel will serve as the Kohanim in the great days of Beta Mikdash that were helping back then to the people of Israel to serve Hashem and to find the, their own way in the temple of God. In the time of redemption, the people of Israel will be used as servants for the whole wide world 
to learn how to come closer to Hashem and will be a nation of servants to help the rest of the world to call Hashem and to find Hashem and to know Hashem. It's our purpose, definitely. Um, I, I definitely support an approach of, 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 of spreading light out to the world. What can your students expect in the future from Rukhror? Uh, you want to see me with a white cloak uh, walking, uh, walking <laughs> no, into the gates of Yerushalayim? I'm talking about redemption, my dear brother. I'm talking about complete uh -huh. redemption. I'm not, uh, I'm not holding, I'm not holding back from. Look, I am, I am a simple, true believer. I, since the beginning of my awakeness um, process. I realize that there is a maker. I realize that the creator is the one that controls nature. I was going with certain thoughts in my mind and suddenly people would come to me and talking to me exactly, answering my own questions, talking to me about the topics that I was thinking in my own mind. And like Hashem removed the curtain for me to see his existence, to see that he controls the world and that he's in the inner rooms of my own mind, in my thoughts, in my heart. And since the early beginning of my tshuva, of my uh, uh, coming closer to Hashem process, I realized that nature is one of the things that is under the hand of Hashem. And therefore, for me... Um, a change and shift in forces of nature for them to show only greatness and only goodness and only kindness like that is described by the prophets about the great redemption, the final redemption, is something very natural, is something very obvi obvious that I'm hoping for and I'm expecting. I'm hoping for it every day and that's my main and only prayer, to see the complete redemption in our days. you want to plug your website or how can people reach you? E-M-U-N-A-H dot com. Emuna.com. And again, when we write Emuna, we write the word Emuna with H in the end. Why with H? That you will not forget Hashem. Emuna is to be attached with Hashem. Emuna in Hashem. E-M-U-N-A-H dot com. Thank you for that great opportunity. I appreciate that as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We have to do it again. Thank you for drawer. Thank you so much. I'm very thankful for this uh, wonderful talk. And like we spoke before, um, it is more than wonderful that two people will not agree on every aspect of their lives. It's obvious. It's simple that it will be so. Because people are so deep and so wide and their souls are gigantic. How can two be so different and the same in the same time? It's impossible. So we must accept the differences and to respect each other for the goodwill and for the good intention of making good things happen in the world. And also to accept the fact that we might make mistakes. You might make mistakes. I might make mistakes. Everyone on earth, there is no righteous man that will walk on earth and will do only good and will not sin. Even King David, even Moshe Rabbeinu, even Avraham Avinu, even Mordechai Yehudi Esther Amalka. 
there, there is no person that is clean um, from mistakes. But the fact that a person can make mistakes does not make it a reason for sinat chinam, hating him for no reason, talking lashonara evil things about him, trying to make other people disrespect and and hate him as well, and 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 those are awful attributes that belongs to the evil inclinations and his dark armies and we thank God do not belong to them and love is the light of our path and we're going to keep on marching together holding hands towards the great redemption great salvation thank you thank you Rabbi Asher be well and Hashem should bless you with greatness with power with wisdom with light and purity, you and all your surroundings and all your loved ones. Amen. Amen. Okay. Be well. Thank you. Thank you. So that was it. Thank you. This is Dror Moshe Kasuta. Glad you've been listening. The Amuna Project is a non-profit dedicated to producing faith-based media like this podcast. To support our work and to see all our activities, books, and services, visit emuna.com. That's E-M-U-N-A-H dot com. You can also connect with me on social media at Rav Dror for posts and updates. Chazaku Baruch, strength and blessing.